It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, which is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, play by play man by day, Knicks podcaster by night. And this of course, is our second part of our locker room chat with you all for this week. So I won't hold this up any longer. Here is the second part of our locker room discussion. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Left. Now fires it. 
All right, appreciate it, David. All right, we're going to send David down and bring up. Guy's been a great contributor for us the last few weeks, Jason Meredith. Jason, what's up, man? Welcome hey, to the show. And uh, what, what do you want to get into today? Um, I just want to talk. I mean, I guess the, the next thing coming up for the Knicks is the NBA draft. But And I'm a, I'm a big draft guy. But I, I've struggled with like getting into the draft as a Knicks fan this year because I don't know where they're going to pick. I don't know how many players they're going to pick. I don't know what kind of player they're going to look for. What do you guys think? Are you guys struggling the same way I am? Well, so to get excited for it at least. I, I'm fine. I'm I'm stuck. I mean, if it wasn't, I, I don't know if you're here when we first started, but I I went on for like 15 sure. minutes about <laughs> about various draft guys. And, oh. Uh, so Man, I'm fine. No, it's fine. I mean, I'll go. I'll I'll say it again because this is more strategy based. You're talking about. Um, I'm starting to get excited for it. I mean, it helps that I that I run a Knicks website where I have a lot of people that are very excited about the draft and are writing stuff about it currently. That's going to start rolling out soon. So I'm getting kind of uh, you know thrown into the fire in that way. Um, I would say I'm starting to get excited. Um, I'm also so to answer your your thought about. How many players are they going to draft? I think based off this past draft, I can say with confidence I would be extremely surprised if they if they used all four of their draft picks on guys for next year's roster. I I just I see no world where they're going to roster four rookies next year. I, I don't um, see them drafting more than one player that they plan on rostering next year because I, I kind of look at Luca Vildoza as like a almost like a, a, a like a like a draft pick essentially. I think they view him like like a vet because he is. I, I think that they view him – I mean, I think they're thinking that he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and contribute pretty much right away and should, you know, based off pedigree from overseas, be able to sort of like crack Tibbs's crusty exterior and kind of get minutes right <laughs> I mean, away. He's Argentinian, man. Those guys, they play hard, and Tibbs will love that, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So – I, yeah, I think that I, but I do kind of agree with you that it's it's almost like found money as far as like a new guy for next year. That's actually pretty highly touted, like by NBA, uh, you know, pro scouts. Apparently, like he was on the radar big time to come to the NBA this coming off season, and then the Knicks kind of jumped the gun and were like, oh well, we'll sign you right now, and we'll give yeah, you. Yeah, I watched a bit of him. He's he's good. I mean, I watched last year in the summer. You know, there was a period where like there was no basketball on, and and the only basketball was like the ACB, and I had a channel that showed it. So I actually watched a decent amount of the Spanish league last year, and in, in, like the summer before the summer before the bubble started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. I mean, the only, what I would say about him is, and this might just be a Euro thing, he doesn't show it as much as you would want because he's like such a team player. Like you don't yeah. see him take over games, which I mean, you know, but you know, he's kind of like he's always like looking to make the right play, but he could take over games if he wanted to, you know, but he just doesn't really do it. Yeah, I get um, sort of like a mix of like Ginobili and Prigioni vibes from him. Not to like pigeonhole him just in the Argentinian. Yeah, like, I think you're pigeonholing him because of the Argentinian thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't see Ginobili when he was in Europe, so I can't really say, but. Yeah. He he does. I don't think he's as he's like he's similar to Composo, but he's not like he's not the pest that Composo is. Like he does do like he gets steals and he hustles, but not like Composo. I mean, Composo every two seconds is in the guy's jersey. Yeah, Composo's um, got the little man complex, I guess. But yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got a little bit of that though. He does like hustle and gets a lot of steals. But mm-hmm. what I would say is this: so like this draft, like one of the things I love about this draft is that I love like all of the like the point guards that are not like 
high like like not not Sharif Cooper. I love Sharif Cooper too, but I'm not. He's not in the same class. What I'm saying is like the Jared Butler, the Miles uh, Miles McBride. Um, I actually put Davion Mitchell there, even though he's rated way higher. I don't. I think he's rated way too way too high right now. I think he should Dude, be. Dude, uh, Bo- Bo- Bones Highland too in that category. Bones Highland. I like all those guys, but I'm like. If we're going to put Vildoza into the lineup, I'm like, and you got quickly, where are those guys going to ever play? And I'm, I'm always one for just drafting BPA, but it's like now that we have Tibbs, we kind of know his thing. So I don't – I mean, unless they really love like a Sharif Cooper, and I don't see them drafting a point guard or really a, a small guard, period. Yeah, I mean, they're in kind of a good spot where a lot of their positions are pretty uh, – I wouldn't say established, but the Knicks at least have depth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if – so I was going to say in regards to how many picks I expect, I expect them to maybe make two picks in this draft. My guess would be like try to trade 19 and 21 to move up into like the lottery and hold on to 32 if they can. And they would take two players that way. And then with that last pick, they would, it would be like a draft and stasher, just like essentially like a draft rights kind of player. Yeah, or, or a two-way guy, but yeah. A draft and stash or like somebody planning on putting on a two-way that you might never actually come up. You never know. Exactly, yeah. So I think that would probably be how they would play it out. If they do wind up making two picks, I mean, I think maybe they could go for a, a nominal point guard with one of those if that's the case. Because if you look at the the surefire depth of that spot, I mean, I don't know if Vildoza would for sure be looked at as a, a pure point guard. I think he's kind of like a combo. Um, I think it's pretty clear that they, at least at this stage, view quickly kind of in the same way where, you know, he, he never really played too much this past year without another yeah, guard another with him, yeah. you know, um, without another heavy ball handling guard. So I, I don't know if they necessarily view him that way. So I, I don't think they would let that stop them. If the plan is essentially like, there's nobody coming in free agency, we're not trading for anybody. We're re-signing Derrick Rose. We're letting Alfred. Oh, Payton but I go. actually don't. I think they will have try to sign somebody in free agency. That's the other part about this that we ne- we haven't chatted about. This is all yeah. the reasons why I'm not as. I mean, usually I'm super pumped for the draft, and I, 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 this draft is insanely good. So I should be super. But I'm just saying, as a Knicks fan, it's like I don't even know who to look at. Like, who should I even be focusing on? Because I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I usually have an I, idea I, of like pretty- five guys to look at. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I, I would be shocked if they take more than two guys in this draft, and I think only one in the first round. Like, if they don't package their first and Dallas's first, it would be really, really surprising to me. They, they've made it, or, or, or alternatively trade both of them for someone currently in the league, but they've made it so abundantly clear that their priority is, like, to compete ASAP and to add talent ASAP they're, they're not about development right now I mean they, I mean they're about developing the guys that are currently on the roster but I, I don't think they're really about like a, a long-term rebuild right or, or even even taking a step back next year to potentially take a step forward a step forward in a year um, they're they're all about maintaining this forward momentum and to me that translates to let's find one guy in the 8 to 15 range that we're in love with that we think can definitively make our team better whether it's Wagner whether it's Giddy whether it's Kispert whether it's Keon Johnson whether it's Davion Mitchell whether it's Scotty Barnes whether it's Book Knight um they're they're gonna find that one guy and they're gonna go all in on him and I, I would be yeah. really really surprised if you see them take two because I, I just don't think they're gonna have space in the rotation to play two rookies next yes, year no, I agree completely. the idea of redshirt season for any of these guys 
um, which is a bummer because again, like that's what that's what you're going to get if you if you go the Sharif Cooper, um, Zaire Williams, uh, BJ Boston direction. I think it's going. I disagree with you. I think Zaire Williams can actually contribute pretty quickly. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, may, maybe that's true. I, I think he has to. Just because like, he can defend, I think he can shoot. I mean, I know he shot pretty bad last year. Oh, yeah, but no, he's I'm, I'm not that. I, I just think he has to change his body, which you know maybe over the course of an off season he could do, but we. Um, yeah. any, anyways, but, um, my point being, I, I just Big think they're, go, they're going to find one guy <laughs> that they think can contribute right away and they're, they're going to go after him. And I would be surprised if they did anything else, but, but Jason, any, any final thoughts on all that? All right. We're going to take our first break. Just a reminder. This episode is brought to you by stat hero. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Now we're introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. I know I, when the whole, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel craze came around, even other off, you know, off-spin ones of those, I tried them all and, you know, I found that I was losing a bunch too. And it, it's very hard. You have all these pros that essentially learn how to game the system they play tons of different lineups so that they can collect, you know, in multiple different ways. And it just, it becomes not fun. It's very hard to, to find yourself a winner with those other uh, daily fantasy products. That's where Stat Hero comes in. You're in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. And today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar, which maybe once you win all that money on Stat Hero, you'll go buy yourself some boxes of Built Bars because it is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes with nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. I'm sure you know the flavors already, but let me tell you again, they're coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double caramel or double chocolate and salted caramel. Sorry. And you already know my favorite is coconut almond. It's so good. It tastes just like an almond joy. It's got little chunks of almond right in it. Super delicious. Tastes just like a candy bar. But luckily, you don't have to feel guilty like a candy bar because Built Bars are good for you. They have 17 grams of protein in them, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a better ratio with any other bar than that one, particularly not any of those ones full of fillers that don't even give you any benefits. So if you want to go get some for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, 
we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right. Without further ado, back to our locker room discussion with all of you. No, no, I just wanted to chat about it because, you know, I've, it's like I said, it's something I usually love to do. And I'm just like, it's hard for me to like watch any film and just be like excited as a Knicks fan. I can watch film as just a regular draft person. But as a Knicks fan, it's like, this guy's good, but are we going to draft him? I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of a weird position to be in, right? It's I think since the Tim Hardaway draft, it was probably yeah. the last time that the Knicks had a pick in this general vicinity. Well, the uh, fact that we have two picks is what really throws it off because it's like, well, we can move up, you know. Whereas, like, normally we really wouldn't do that. I don't think they're gonna move up. Though. I don't think. I think. I don't think they're gonna move up. And if you are, um, I don't know if you read John um, Macri's uh, newsletter, but I think one of the guys they really like is gonna fall to nineteen, um, and that's why I don't think it's worth moving up. But unless, I mean, unless they really love like Wagner, who I do, but I don't know if they will. Um, I think they're gonna ship one of these picks. They're gonna trade it for like a future first. So that way they they could keep like the draft picks there for a trade in the future. That's my prediction. Yeah. That's possible too. Um, I think it's, right. it's a world of possibilities. I guess my my suggestion would be instead of looking at it as uh, uh, like too many options, just look at it as a world of possibilities. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I do. I, I am looking at. It. I mean, look, I'll get excited when the draft actually comes around. I'm just saying, like yeah. the pre-draft stuff, I can't get too it's, excited about. It's hard to prepare for is the main thing because you just have no idea, you know, if they're going to trade up. Like, I almost wonder if they're going to do the same thing they did last year and try to find a trade partner prior to draft night. Yeah. Um, and just and just say, we have three guys that we feel relatively confident. At least one of them will be there at, like, pick 12 or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, I can see them moving up, like, maybe trading 32 and moving up two or three spots and then just yeah. staying there. Yeah, they could do that. Too. You know what? I can see them. I mean, hey, they really liked Tyrese Maxey last year. I don't think Phoenix, um, Philly's trying to trade him, but I bet you they'll offer a first for Philly to trade him. <laughs> yeah, I, I can maybe see that too. Maybe go after Maxey or or someone in that mold. Um, I guess we'll see. It would be interesting. I mean, I'd be interested to see if Philly would even do that because I, I don't Maxie think they would. would. He's been the yeah, best, I thought he so. had some pretty good flashes. Like I think he proved he was better than his draft spot this year. Um, oh, he really has the potential to be. I had him so. in like my top fourteen last year. Mm-hmm. I would have put it this way: I would have been fine with the Knicks drafting him at eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was a case for it. Uh, I know a few guys too that had said the same thing. Like it yeah. would be an overdraft, but I, you know, they liked him well enough there. Well, and that, they, that 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 last draft, I mean, yeah, it might have been an overdraft, but all those guys were kind of in the same tier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're seeing that now. I mean, you have guys, some guys that were like you said, Maxi's like. Is he? He's just as good as like Devin Vassell, and all, at least for now. I mean, maybe in the future these guys will be better, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, but Jason, uh, before we before we move on to the next person, do you have a, you want to promote your social media or anything before we send you down? No, nah, I mean I'm just uh, I think Jason Meredith on Twitter. I tweet right, about cool. the next week. <laughs> yeah, right. that sounds about right. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, thanks. All man. right, see you, Jason. All right, yeah, yeah. we got uh, we got one more speaker request. Alex, it is from. Oh nope, never mind. He left. It was uh, Brand- Brandon wanted to speak, but I guess he dipped. All right, um, if anyone else wants to speak, if not, uh, we could we could just finish up going into some of the stuff going on in the chat. Um, I see a friend of the show. Oh, here we go. Uh, uh, Nico uh, Nicholas Punto, I should say, who. Uh, full transparency is one of my best friends younger brothers 
uh, younger brother. He only has one. Aspiring draft Nick. Nico, what's up, man? What do you want to talk about? Um, I think I think that, that we were overlooking too much the fact that the Knicks might end up using both of their picks this year. Uh, if if a guy like Gibson, he takes a smaller role. Uh, obviously, Mitchell Robinson stays, but you know, if we let Nerlens Noel walk, that that leaves a big space for a big. Um, Payton probably won't be on this team next year. Uh, Reggie Bullock might not get re-signed. Frank Milikina isn't going to get any minutes, and he's definitely not going to get re-signed. Uh, you know, if he wants to keep, if he wants to keep Rose off the bench, or if he starts him, it's going to be like openings at the two or the one in in bench minutes, and and yeah, I, I definitely think uh, we'll see we'll see them use both both picks in the first round this year. Uh, I'm not taking it. I think my only pushback is that, so what do you think they do with pick 32 then? All right, let's quickly take our second break and tell people about Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, winter green, cinnamon, pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. I don't personally smoke. It's not an issue for me, but I can certainly see how it would be beneficial for friends. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NBA Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to get 20% off on all products on your first order, including the gum or the lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer, warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No, yeah, I think uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if they package all three of them to move up or to trade into later year draft. I don't think we keep the 30-second pick. Um, we might try to trade up with it, but it, yeah. Uh, so it's, it was kind of... That's just I, I'd like to see them keep it because it is such a loaded draft, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we used all three picks to move up in the draft or, or any of that. I, it's, I, it's, it's, I don't see them keeping pick 32, though, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. So that in that case, if they if they move on from pick thirty two and then fifty eight is essentially, you know, like I said earlier, just used on like a draft and stash, like draft rights sort of dude that 
it won't reasonably see playing time in the U.S. Like probably for you know ever maybe it, is, it would just be used as like a trade chip at some point. Then maybe I can see a world where they use both in the first. I I just think it's going to be maximum two players they come out of the draft with. Um, I would actually love it if they were able to do say like nineteen and thirty two for. I don't know, pick 15, pick 14, something like that, depending on how everything shakes down with uh, the lottery. And, you know, I did mention, like, Golden State might be a candidate there where they're, depending on how things work out with the Minnesota pick, uh, if Minnesota manages to hop into the top, what is it, top three protected for them, if they manage to hop into the top three and keep the pick, then, you know, maybe uh, Golden State says, oh, we want a couple stabs at this to try to, like, just find some shooters, you know, and, like, some bigs and whatever to help kind of lessen the load on uh, Steph Curry and Draymond Green and all that. You know, maybe they try to do something like that uh, and trade back with the Knicks, and, and then the Knicks can still hold on to, like, pick 21 and manage to move up just using pick 32. That would be awesome. Or they might just do the same thing they did last year, just kind of kick the can down the road and do something else with it. My only thing with the, the using the two firsts is that I think, um, I think it just sort of discounts free agency and trades a little bit. Cause I do think they're going to try to be somewhat aggressive in free agency this year. Um, I don't know if they're actually going to sign anybody, but I, I would be surprised if they didn't go after someone like uh, Kyle Lowry, for example, or maybe even like Mike Conley, something like that, you know, and then some other role players, Kind of like how they did last year. I mean, if you think about, they they did actually quickly and top and managed to f- carve out a pretty good role for themselves this year. But they're still going to be around next year, so that you know that's playing time that's not going to like magically become available. Um, RJ still there, obviously, as far as the young players go, and then you have. I mean, I don't think Knox or Frank are probably going to still be around. Mitch is still considered kind of a young player, but. I think he's pretty well established. I just don't know how much tolerance Tibbs would have for having that many like super young players playing for him. And like you look at how things shook down this year and it was mostly veterans that got big minutes down the stretch. It was like the guys he knew he could trust like Taj and Noel and Burks, Bullock. Um, You know, those were the guys he trusted to, to kind of close games and whatever. So I don't know how much, Tibbs would be like, give me lots of rookies because I don't think he's totally in love with playing them. And I feel like even, I feel like we saw with Obi this year, even at times it felt almost like it was like a front office directive. Like you better play Obi like at least four or five minutes every game. I don't care if he like can't even stay on the floor, but I, I don't think he has very much tolerance for that sort of thing. So I guess we'll see. I, I, I think it would be a good use of assets though in this draft to take two guys, um, with the 19 and 21 pick, if you're not going to package them and move up for someone you feel stronger about. So I'm with you in principle. I just don't know if, if the Knicks would be is my big thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I agree that no, it's cool. I was done. You, you read it perfectly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they'll end up using them, but I'd really like to. Uh, I think a most likely option, as you said, was packaging them, uh, moving up for someone else. You know, maybe they end up taking someone like uh, Sharif Cooper. I've seen James Boaknight, uh like end a lottery, uh, pay, being projected as an end of lottery type pick. I think maybe they'll move up for like a guard. Or if somehow someone like uh, Usman, I think Usman Garuba, if he if he's around by um, 
by our pick, which he almost certainly won't be. Uh, I think I think they'll definitely look to to trade twenty one and then our our second rounder for maybe a first. Yeah, yeah, I, and I I don't think that would be the worst strategy either. You know, I, I wouldn't hate it because. 22, 23. I mean, so one thing is you never know how things are going to break in the league. You know, there was a point this year where it seemed almost like the Mavericks were going to be a lottery team for a minute, you know, and perhaps they were one, you know, Luka Doncic, like high ankle sprain or something away from that happening. Um, And and that might have been the case. And the Knicks might have gotten a lottery pick of what everybody figured was going to be like a pick in the 20s, which obviously it did end up being. But you know, I'm not against that strategy of potentially kicking, you know, kicking the picks down a couple years and, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, Team X, like, you really like, you know, this pick in this draft. Maybe the Knicks then say, okay, well, we'll trade you for your 23 pick. And then the Knicks have three 23 first-round picks that maybe gives them the ammunition to move up in that year, um, which would be really sweet. So, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of options. I. The the best thing about this coming draft is that I I almost can't think of a way that I would be unhappy at this point. Because what's nice about not being in that like lottery range anymore is that this is the point where you really I mean us at home on our couches you know sitting watching our YouTube videos and whatever and doing our own scouting. Yes, we can come to our own conclusions, but you know it, we're essentially leaving it to the pros at this point. Where it's like, all right, you know. Champions are are made in the, you know, 15 to 30 range in the first round. And, you know, you got to have a really good scouting staff that knows what they're doing. And they already hit on quickly this year. Granted, maybe that was more from World Wide West posturing than anything uh, for the Kentucky guy. But it worked no matter what. Uh, And there must have been some scouting from Perrin and those sort of guys to say that quickly was who he eventually ended up being. Um, So at this point, I think you just kind of. You trust your scouts, and as fans, we can kind of just sit back and be like, whatever they do, if they trade up, I feel good that they feel like they've got their guy. That's been a parent move, you know, dating back to uh, uh, to Donovan Mitchell, and I think they also did that for Rudy Gobert in Utah. So obviously that's something that he's influenced in the past. Uh, if they stand pat and they take two guys, you figure, okay, I, I think they've got two guys that they really like. If they kick the can down the road, then you say, all right, well, you know, I think that they just didn't have anyone that they were sold on at that point. And, you know, I, I would feel comfortable with that. I just feel like there's no – it's pretty much a win-win for me this year in the draft. I don't think they could do a single thing that would make me unhappy at this point, which is kind of a nice feeling. There's not going to be any uh, immediate groans like I admittedly did over the Obi pick last year, which uh, I, it was sort of wrong about, but in a weird way for all the wrong reasons where he was actually – quite a bit better on defense and all that stuff than we thought and wasn't actually the offensive dynamo we thought. But anyway, very long winded way of saying, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them use both picks, but if they don't, I'm not going to fault them for it basically. Yeah. With this front office, I, I definitely trust whatever they're going to do because so far all the moves have paid off like that. Alec Burke signing, uh, uh, trading for D Rose, all the draft picks in the, in the last year, we've had so many positive moves around thinking like whatever they do, uh, hopefully it hits, and I, I trust them. Um, but I, yeah, I, I would definitely like. Sorry, I would definitely like to see them uh, maybe trade up 
or or use those two picks because it is such a deep draft. Um, and as I, I'm not sure if you guys mentioned this, but if if the uh, the Golden State pick falls a little um, in the in the lottery, maybe you package someone like like Alec Burks or maybe a, a bigger piece of the team, someone else. Uh, Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock's both firsts, and uh, you see, you see, maybe we somehow trade up back into the lottery. I'm not sure, but um, I, I that's definitely a possibility. I don't know how likely. But I, I, whatever they do, this is yeah, this is just a way of saying that I, I'm happy with what the team's doing, even though we got eliminated in the first round this year. We're we're on an upward trajectory, and I, it's is the best feeling I've had in, as a Knicks fan, and and. Nico, I was going to ask very quickly, but before you go, I, I know I know you're very into the draft in general. Is, is there one prospect in particular, like either late lottery or, or where the Knicks picks currently are, that you're you're really into, like particularly for the Knicks? A lot of people are really high on him, but Sharif Cooper is definitely okay. a dude with big time upside and uh, and can give like just a lot of things that the Knicks need. And another guy most people are fairly high on is I'd really like to see the Knicks take maybe Uzman Garuba. Uh, we we like our bigs, right? And Nerlens Noel offered um, just so much negative value on the offensive side of the floor, and I think that Garuba has much more upside uh, two way and playing that say guy like like Mitchell Robinson, and that experience from Noel and uh, and Dodge Gibson, I think would this would be the perfect. Yeah, you know what, Nico? Great, great final point, and I, to me. Again, I don't believe this is what the Knicks will do, but I, I just think unless you're somehow trading up into the top 10 and, and getting someone that you're really convinced can be a star, I, I'm taking the two picks because we, we saw how it worked out last year, right? The draft is such a, like, you're, you're, you're throwing darts. It, it's, it's a guessing game, even for the best evaluators, for the best franchises every single year. And with the Knicks, like, they maybe, I mean, obviously it's looking better and better, but to some extent, they guessed wrong on Obi, and they guessed completely right on IQ, and, and they had the advantage of great intel there. But why not have those two shots in a draft where there are all these interests? Like, you could get a guy like Cooper, who could really legitimately be your star point guard of the future um, at 21 or at 19. You, you could get Garuba, who could be the, this incredible switchable center, and all of a sudden, if he develops a jumper, you're, you're looking at um, like a star role player. There, there are all these fascinating, fascinating options that could pop to either like star extent if you want to talk about um, Zaire Williams or BJ Boston, or it could pop to just being a great role player on, on the teams the Knicks are going to have going forward. I, I just think it's such a stretch to me. Like, and I, I know the extent that like, or the argument, quote unquote, that they, for whatever reason, aren't willing to, I, I don't, obviously they don't want to fall back next year. That, that makes sense to me. But I, I don't get the case for, like, if the worst-case scenario is that you're redshirting a guy, not playing him a ton of minutes, but then he's going to be really good for you down the road, like, keep investing in your future. The, the whole point of having the big market, uh, of founding, um, or rather finding gold in, in guys like Julius Randle and IQ, is that you can leverage your advantage, and you can stretch this out over a longer period of time and keep leveraging your advantage. I mean, you, you could argue the Thunder did it unsuccessfully, but that's what we're, we're seeing that process with them right now. And eventually, I think it's going to pay off in perennial contention for them and I think the Knicks have a chance to essentially do the same thing here but 
if they're going to do it, it's going to be because they keep maximizing their chances. And look, if you're in, in, in love with a Franz Wagner or someone, I get it. Like maybe he's just the perfect role player. But if you can walk away with a Garuba and a Cooper or a Cooper and, and a Zaire Williams, I, I just don't see the argument against it. I, I think you have to go that direction. So, so Nico, thank you for that last point because it, it kind of inspired that in me. Because as I just look up and down the board, I see so many guys who just have like appealing assets as prospects. I really, I felt the same way about last year's draft where you could have gotten someone like Bain and IQ in the twenties or, or Bain and Tillman at 30 and 33. Um, and I just think there, there are a lot of different avenues for the Knicks to get better. And I, I think if you're, if you're looking for upside and floor, the best move is to take two guys in the twenties rather than one guy at 10 to 14. But again, long winded argument, sort of a reiteration of what you guys have already said. So I'll, I'll call it there, but uh, Nico, uh, Really appreciate you joining us. Um, anything you want to promote? I, I know, I know, you've talked to me about like doing like some writing and stuff in the past, but I, I believe your Twitter account is at Breen Bang Bang. Is that right? All right, Nico. Nico, my yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, okay. I'm also I'm also gonna release. I'm gonna uh, like release a big board of sorts where I'm, I'm gonna watch. I'm not going to started doing it already and i'm gonna release uh, the notes that i've taken which are fairly fairly crude uh, i am not a professional scout by all means but i i want to do something with like a next focus um and also you said you said something about the thunder where they have all these i i, I like what the thunder done because you can never have too many picks but also they have too many picks in my opinion uh they are they like they're going to give away picks with a lot of value and they're going to get fleeced in some sort of trade. Obviously they won't mind because like they'll have other picks, but now that they have so many, their, their selections in the first round are a bit undervalued. And I, I don't know, I can definitely see in the future in a couple of years, once they've already hit on a couple of guys, if they hit on a couple of guys, uh, some team somehow fleecing, two or three first rounders out of a guy who definitely does not deserve to be traded for two or three first rounders because the they just need to get rid of these picks somehow. They need to find a way to move them or else they'll, they'll go over the salary cap, they'll have too many players. And it's a, a problem that I'd like to have, but one that also I think other people are, are not really anticipating. Is- All right, uh, Nico, uh, again, man, really appreciate it. I think a, a great point to end on. And uh, we will we will see what the Knicks do. We have, we have a long off season to keep talking about it, but uh, yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to send you down. And, and Alex, you want to uh, you want to call it on that? Yeah, I'm down. Uh, so thanks everybody for popping in as always. And uh, you know we had a good time doing this late night version of the uh, locker room here. So hope you all enjoyed, and we'll be back. Next week, probably at our normal time, 5.30 on Thursday, if you want to come by again. Uh, But until next time, thanks for popping in. This has been Locked on Knicks. And uh, listen up. If you want to listen to this all over again, we'll we'll be back at it. uh, Or we'll have a podcast out, I should say, uh, tomorrow and the next day with, with all these discussions in it. So peace out. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for stopping in.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.